Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of In and Around the Three Point Line, a Chicago Bulls podcast, but just a general podcast all about basketball. Joining me this week, for the first time ever, is the Dorridge Dunker, Mr. David Harris. Hi, Will. And to his immediate right, on the computer screen at least, is the is sports media's number one Ben Simmons fan. It's Mike Breslin. Hello. Now, where to start, lads, with basketball? Who knows? <laughs> I really um, but but let's start with the Chicago Bulls versus the LA Lakers. Mike, what's your opinion on that game? Of course, it was a crushing victory for the Lakers. Oh, was it? Okay, that's good. Yeah. We should probably talk football, shouldn't we? Andy Carroll and the target man. So many hoops, mate. Loved it. Kept head in the middle. <sighs> All right, let's get down to it for real. And welcome back to the Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Dave Harris. I will. That's right. a and, <laughs> and Mike and Mike Breslin. Hello. And um, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not if you're new to the In Around Podcast, um, turn it off right now <laughs> because this is not going to be a fun episode. Um, Mike is going to be your um, is going to be your host this week because. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but before that, let's just take a moment. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Just take a few moments to revel in just a day. Just a day. They say Mondays are the worst day of the week, Braz. I couldn't be more right. What, what uh, happened earlier, Will? What do you mean? What happened earlier? As I said earlier, the um, the um, Chicago Bulls' four-time winning streak was um, crushed by the LA Lakers late Saturday night. That's what happened. Ah, okay. Any, any, any other big I haven't been. I haven't been keeping up with any sport, Mike. Um, just been sort of head down, you know. You know, rise and shine. The grind doesn't stop, you know. Well, what I can tell you is, Steve Bruce okay. now leads the sack race. Oh, does he? Oh, that's good news. He should go. He should go. Um, oh, it, it could be a bit soon, though. He's not had very long. Um, we wouldn't want any uh, any teams to make a hasty managerial sacking, would we? No, we wouldn't want anyone fired prematurely. Definitely not. Oh, we wouldn't, would we? Especially if they're not playing Joel Linton. Yeah. Speaking of which, Bruce, do you want to give us our, um, our weekly Joel Linton update? Uh, yeah, he was left on the bench by Bruce, so Bruce needs to be gone. I mean, Benching. Newcastle lost and start, Mike, and I think that's all you need to know there. No goal and no points. Um, not playing expensive players seems to um, <laughs> be a way to get sacked every now and then. I've heard, particularly if they're un- particularly if they're underperforming and have a previous career in the Bundesliga. <laughs> it would appear that way. Uh, it would club. appear that way, wouldn't it? At, at my club, maybe. Oh right, Solly or Morse. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so obviously the big news today, Mr. Frank Lampard being let go by Chelsea. 
No! Which? Really? Apparently so. Apparently so. Oh, you didn't know about it, Will. No, 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 I didn't know about it. Did you work, was it? Yeah, well, I was... Sh well, I spent most of the day on the phone to Samaritans, as you can imagine, so there we are. We'll just move on. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll go to Dave. Initial thoughts, Dave, on uh, Frank sacking? Terrible decision, really. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. Don't, I think as this plays out, we'll see that they won't have gained anything from sacking him. I, I think it's just stupid. Uh, and on really stupid. From Solihull, Mr. Will Hunt, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, uh, as you know, uh, big time, uh, big time Frank Lampard fan over here. Um, this is a disgraceful decision, shameful, and uh, everyone involved should um, should have trouble sleeping. There you are. That's my one. <laughs> Honestly, this is we've made we've made some decisions in our time as a football club, but this is up there is um, one of the worst. And this is one of those decisions that every time you read a bit more about it, you, the bad taste at the back of your throat gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Like, what, the Sky are reporting that he wasn't even allowed to go in and say goodbye, and it's like, this is your... Yeah, yeah. Well, all, you, all I can say, Breds, is after sacking our best ever manager, we decided, twice, we decided we'll sack our best ever player too. So... <laughs> Might as well go for the double, eh? Might as well. Is it the double barrel we're using? <laughs> Christ. It seems to be uh, at the bridge. Um, yeah, I mean, my, personally, I'm, I think it was a little bit premature, as we've probably made clear in our little intro there. Um, how, so, I guess I'll go to Will first for this. How do you rate the job that he'd done in the last 18 months or so at Chelsea? Um Give, especially given that when they signed players like Havertz and Werner, Lampard essentially sold them like a three-year plan or project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you think that was coming along? Let's say. Uh. So. I think he did a. I think he did a good job. I think. I think. Time will. Time will be kind to his. The job he did. I think. I think Lampard, if Lampard's got a legacy, it's in six players. It's in Mount. It's in James. It's in Abraham. It's in Gilmore. Um, it's it's in Tamori. It's in um, oh, what's his name? Hudson Odoi. It's in those players that came through, played big minutes for the club, and um, look like they're going to be cornerstones. Um, in terms of results on the pitch, uh, look, this year's not gone as as you'd expect. This, this year's not good. Like, there's no. There's no getting around the fact that you watch Chelsea in the last couple of weeks and they look tired. They look, they look like they don't know what they're doing. Uh, the players look well short of confidence, and that's that is as much as it's on the players, it's also on the manager. So that's not gone well. But last year was such a good job, and everyone, everyone wants to waffle on about how they finished less than Sari and less points than under Sari but they had a brand of football that was good they had an identity running through the club they promoted youth they it's not the tra the transfer ban yeah they brought in they managed they were able to bring in Pulisic and Kovacic despite that um but they did lose Eden Hazard who's probably like we're talking a 
the mo- the best player in the league when he left, and you talk about one of the most influential players in football, and they lost him, and Lampard managed to adapt, and everyone forgets none of the pundits thought they'd make top four, and they made top four, so that's a tremendous achievement, and I think as the players go on, as Abraham and Mounts and Hudson Adoy go on, and they play for England, and they play and they win, they probably will win trophies for Chelsea. Um, his legacy as the manager at the club will be um, secure. I think he's done a really good job, and it is just such a shame that they at the first um, run of uh, bad form they were like, "Well, we're going to kick the boot in." Yeah, is that is that how you see it, Dave? The first sign of trouble, and they they. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, last season, as we'll say, they couldn't really sign anyone, or three young players, which is what they wanted the manager to do. Uh, and yeah, they managed to come top four, which is a huge achievement um, in the circumstances. And yeah, this season they started well. It's it's crazy that 50 days ago they were top of the league. Um, you know, everyone was saying, oh, Chelsea looked great. Uh, a few bad games later and there's no manager at the club um, at this moment in time. I think everyone's aware of who supposed to be replacing him Thomas Tuchel but I find it crazy that and especially given Lampard's stature with Chelsea fully he gets more more of a crack of the whip than anybody else it feels like they didn't even give him a fair crack of the whip anyway that's how I see it we'll definitely get onto Tuchel uh, in a little while because as you said it looks very very likely he's going to be signing uh, as the next Chelsea manager Sticking on Frank for a bit longer. Um, well, speaking of something that people should do, Christ. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the next point. Obviously, he'd been promising, as I said, Werner and Havertz a three-year project. Do you think he should have been given long, a bit longer, at least maybe even till the end of the season? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll go first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, please do. Okay. <laughs> I, I think he absolutely should have been given to the end of the season. Um, just because, yeah, Knight looked bad on paper. And, yeah, they are on a bit of a bad run. And, yeah, as Will said, you've seen in the players, they don't look all that confident. Um, however, this season's already been so crazy. In fact, football since Project Restart as a whole has been crazy. Uh, it feels like every team's going to go through some weird run, whether it's a good run or a bad run. Um and there's, I don't think there's anything to say that he would be able to turn this around if he had been given the chance. Like, this season's so weird that he he could literally have just gone on like a five-match five winning streak or something within the next couple of months. Um, I don't know. I just find it all strange. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just a bit... I can't imagine how Will feels about it. I'm almost speechless really to be honest it's a good point I really can't I really can't believe it there's there's, um, there's a good point sadly I can't believe it um, there's a good there's a good point you raise there in that the idea that um, uh, why couldn't you turn it around and so much of the reporting from the Athletic has been that the, the Chelsea board just completely lack confidence in that Lampard would be able to turn it around quickly and my thought to that is just that uh, well you you Fifty games ago, when they were top of the league, you you weren't you weren't fifty days, fifty days. Sorry, fifty days. It feels like it's been fifty days today. Um, it's it's not like you were. It's not like at that point you didn't have confidence in him. 
is it? When you when you yeah. splashed all that, when you splashed all that money on transfers mm-hmm. in the summer, it's not like you didn't have confidence in him then, was it? Yeah, yeah you had a, you had a few things you worried, but ultimately you had this you had this idea of what you wanted it to be, and you yeah you have to give people time. You can, it's it's no use talking about a project and then as soon as something bad goes wrong, you kick them out the door. Like that's just to, to be honest, that's fucking nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. Like it, it's it's just baffling. It really is. Like the whole idea that he couldn't have won a few games. Like, come on now. I find it really weird that not at least been given the the next couple of games, which are like Burnley or Wolves. Because well, I think the point of sacking him now is to manage those games to win them. Yeah, they'd have. Uh, People do that often. They sack their manager yeah. before a good run of fixtures, so that the new manager yeah. has. Uh, yeah, has I guess. But what's to say? What's to say Lampard couldn't have done the same? That's. I just find yeah, it so all the, strange. The, the board's made the decision. No, I get your point. I get your point. So he gets in, builds a bit of momentum, and they have like a new manager bounce. But I don't, I don't see any reason why Lampard wouldn't have been able to win those games. If I'm totally honest, well, it's not the point. That's, they don't, they're not thinking about Lampard. The decision on Lampard was as par- essentially was made around the Man City game, which, if you think consider that, it's like ridiculously early. And then it was the final, net, final nail in the coffin was the Leicester game. And the reason that the reason that whatever mercenary is walking through the door to be the next manager is um, wasn't in charge for the Luton game is because they hadn't got the deal agreed and you can say what you want about Chelsea but if there's one thing they are experienced at it's replacing managers at a quick time and even and even they're not fucking stupid enough to sack a manager without having another one ready ready to walk in and, I, I yeah. thought with the new Brexit deals that they had to sack their manager first and then that's when they were allowed to start talking to people don't know I, I may have got that wrong couldn't tell I, you I thought that could not case. tell you uh, yeah, I think that is correct in terms of work permits. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, with the work permits, but it doesn't look like that was the case on this occasion. Who knows? Well, um, I guess the I guess the thing Chelsea would say is they haven't formally appointed anyone. Yeah, they can, they can have a verbal. Prelim- preliminary it's a, sport, yeah. No, it's a, it's a verbal agreement with him, but it's not yeah, a concrete yeah. legal binding one. But I mean, Dave, the, the reason why they're giving him this run of fixtures um, to create the bat is because every single arsehole on Twitter that's running around celebrating today with Tuchel or Havertz as these profile pictures going to watch these two games where they might win against two struggling teams and go, oh my God, look at the board. They've made the right decision. That's why you do it. It's, uh, to- it's all true, on optics. True. It's all on optics. It's shitty, but it's all on optics. Do you, do you yeah, not think this, this has anything to do with they've spent a load of money in the summer and they feel like they really have to get top four and they don't think Frank can get top four? Yeah, I, I do. I do think that that is playing into. I do think that's playing into mind. A, a club, look, a club like Lampard said it himself. A club like a couple of years ago, a club like Chelsea should be finishing sixth at worst, sixth at worst in a bad season. But my question, to, my question again to the board would be like, you, you're hiring, you're hiring whoever you're hiring, um, whatever mercenary it is. Like, there's no guarantee he gets you into the top four because. That one of the things there was one of the problems for Chelsea's season was they had six new players in that they all needed to integrate all at once. Um, you got to create basically mould an entire new attack. These the squad is relentlessly top heavy, and the lack of a pre-season made that really difficult for Lampard. 
along with injuries to players like Pulisic and Ziyech, who you thought would be keystones of the team. So whoever comes in, assuming they get in now, they'll probably they can be in the dugout essentially around about Wednesday ish, is what is what they were saying. But that's not going to be the case. So you're looking at the weekend; they're not going to be able to imprint themselves on the squad. They're not going to be able to imprint themselves on the squad at all. So there's no guarantee that what you're doing is finishing top four. Which is just it's a baffling it's a baffling decision. I, I didn't realise they were only five points behind Liverpool. Yeah, yeah they're they're really not far behind. No, I, I, the concern for Chelsea would just be the sheer number of teams they've got to. Because yeah. regardless of what regardless of what happens, by the time they play on Wednesday, they'll be ninth because Southampton or Arsenal, one of them has to pick up a point that'll take them over them. That's the concern for them is that they're ninth. But equally, that just proves how quickly the league this year is a fluid situation. Well, Arsenal is a great example of that because Arteta was under pressure pretty much when when Chelsea and Frank were top of the league. And now mm. Arsenal have won four of their last five and are looking yeah. a far different team to six weeks ago. Just as Chelsea have done essentially the opposite and Man United have, have gone the other way as well. In this season of all seasons... Chelsea's run of form came when there was the bad run of form came when there, when there was the most games over Christmas and New Year period. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all condensed into a really bad run of games for Lampard yeah. and Chelsea. Yeah. Um well I think it I think it does show a little bit of a, a wider issue. We've talked about the project in American sports teams go through rebuilds now I know that's kind of different because of the draft system and that but managers and GMs over there are given time to actually do the project that they've been brought in to do if that makes sense yep We're, should Chelsea change their philosophy Will or are they? do you think while Abramovich is in charge they're just going to keep hiring and firing winning nah who gives a fuck there? now who gives a fuck now they're unmanageable they're like, like, right, you read this stuff today all about, or you read this stuff today all about um, Lampard struggling to manage the politics. Lampard was in the dressing room at Chelsea for what? God, well over a decade. At a time where they were an absolute top club, winning in Europe, winning in, winning the, contesting for leagues almost every year. If he can't manage that and manage the politics in that club, it doesn't matter who they bring in at Chelsea. Like, it's just going to be the same thing every two years. Like, and we'll we'll come on to why I've got such a problem with the 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 whatever his name is Thomas Tickle <laughs> or whatever. Like, what? Well, just in a, in a few minutes. But, but like <laughs> with Lampard, the, it was the first time in a long time where you got the sense that right, Chelsea have got the best academy in English football. Not a contest. They've got players that can play. Um, you can see a long term more self-sufficient strategy beginning to build at the club um one where you've got a consistent way of playing at the top right the way down whereas now you're going to get exactly what you had under Conte exactly what you had under Sari where the academy and the top the same team are completely playing different football on the whims of whatever flavor of the month manager they've got playing there right now um the manager's going to be going to be doing exactly what Jody Morris used to get annoyed at. He's probably going to be an under Champions League under nineteen game on the training pitches, and the manager's just going to be sat in his office because he doesn't care because he's there for two years until the paycheck's gone. Like Chelsea's Chelsea's hiring and firing policy of we give him two years and then we kick him out was fine when 
you had only Man United in the Man United in the league who had their shit together. It was fine when Arsenal were in decline, but now you look at them, you've got City, Liverpool, United, Tottenham to some extent, you've got resurgent forces, and Chelsea are just sat out there basically firing guns into the air like Ashley Cole with a work experience kid. And they just haven't got they just, and they just haven't got a clue what they're doing. There's no long term vision and like yeah, your hiring a stri- your hiring and firing has been great so far, Bramovich, but unless you actually do the brave thing, which is give someone who understands the club time to try and build something long term, you're just going to be you set yourself up for just the same cycle of bollocks every couple of years. Yeah, I, I think that's the point that a lot of people are missing here. You, you, yes, you've had a run of bad results, but also yes, you felt like Lampard was actually building to something, and and as you mentioned right at the start, Will, um, bringing through Mount who obviously managed at Derby, Abraham, etc, etc. The list goes on. Reese James. Um, the six or seven academy lads who've actually come through, played first team minutes and have been really, really, really good. Yeah. Wait, a few years. Seen for, for, at Chelsea for, well, quite a while. Mason Mount's a £40 million player that you had in your academy. Like you spent forty million on Mateo Kovacic. You you paid. You spent forty million on Mateo Kovacic, who is not as good as Mason Mount. He's just not. I don't care. I don't care how fancy his dribbles are. He's not as an effective a footballer as Mason Mount. You've got Tammy Abraham at twenty three, who's got what eleven goals this year in like a stupid number of minutes. Which, if this was any other club, any other club in the world, we'd be absolutely screaming from the rooftops about how good a player Tammy Abraham is. You look at the third goal against Luton and I know it's against Luton you look at the way they played from back to front Gilmore hudson Adoy, um Abraham all involved that's like proper youth attractive football all the way through made in the made in the academy that's the gold standard for any football club that's why people love the class of 92 because it was quintessentially united and that's why it was such a such a big achievement so the point of spending all this money on your academy if you're not going to use them and why should any manager use them when he's looking over his shoulder at the fact he could be sacked in two years? It's just silly. It's just silly. And it's going to catch up with them eventually. And it sort of has, but given the fact that, you know, Chelsea haven't won a, a knockout fixture in the Champions League since 2013-14. Really? Wow. They've not won in that long. They're irrelevant. They are irrelevant as a top European club in the Champions League. They're a bloody laughing stock. They're probably going to get spanked by Atletico Madrid. When's the last time they beat anyone good in that thing? They haven't, they've contended in the last five years. They've contended for a league title once, and they won it in 2016-17. But everything else then, they've been well off the pace. You've got to have a long-term strategy. You've got to have a long-term plan because otherwise, you're just going to be left behind by all the clubs who will run better than you. Yeah, I, I think Liverpool are starting to look like the gold standard in that sense. Um, how they're being run. Dave, for you, lo- long-term project probably should have stuck with them or do you do you back yeah I think win trophies 18 months I, I think my I think my biggest thing is surely you'd rather build something where a team can get to a level where they can be dominant or at least a top team for a, a number of years and bring in someone who can maybe make them a, a good challenging team for a season or two you're not going to give them any longer time because as soon as it goes tits up, you'll get rid of them anyway. Surely it's better to let them have, let them have a bit of time. And 
I think Will's very right when he says about mercenary managers because I don't think there's any manager that Chelsea will have in this dugout that would care about this club as much as Frank Lampard. And when you have mercenary managers, they're not some of them, if they sort of jump shit before they get pushed, pushed off, if they could get someone in on huge money, he he's not enjoying it, thinks it's bad, he, he could walk away. Um, it depends on the integrity of the manager if he wants to get paid off for as much as he can or if he cares about his reputation. Frank Lampard's going to stick by his thick and thin. And that's rare. That's rare for any of these top teams. It doesn't happen anymore. If you want a long-term project, Lampard's going to be willing to go through the thick and thin. Whereas a top manager, like someone, say Lampard was there, and he gets offered a job, there's a chance he probably turns it down because he loves Chelsea. But another manager is going to leave. He doesn't care. I think the whole it's kind of baffling you can't expect long term success if you're not going to let someone even put some planning into it you've given him because last season his hands were tied what he could do anyway and that's why they went for Lampard and not a manager with more calibre they knew no one would take that job so they give him half a season of his real job which is you can buy some players and we can look at this long term project Half, half a season into his three years they're like see you mate you've not done enough it's just it's just ludicrous it's absolutely ludicrous yeah I guess I guess this really is Chelsea, the most Chelsea thing that Chelsea have done for <laughs> quite some no time. no this is this is the worst this is the worst thing the club has done in a long long time this is the worst thing they've done since since they uh, they tried to oh, they're trying to sell the pitch they were trying to move away from the pitch that was bad that was really bad because it, it they completely understood what the Chelsea pitch owners club like I think someone tweeted today um, Chelsea Chelsea Football Club like they quote tweeted the tweet which if you haven't said it's a Chelsea Chelsea Football Club can, con- can confirm it's it's parted ways with its head coach Frank Lampard and someone quote tweeted that and said Chelsea Football um, Chelsea Football Club can confirm today that it's parted. Um, ways with its fan base because like it, i can't explain the the two ty- the two worst ty- things i've ever i've ever seen in the ground in terms of like anger they were angry when benitez was appointed but nothing will compare to the sunderland at home after Mourinho got done and they had snakes and they had rats and they were going at the players and they were going at beloved players like eden hazard and they were like you've let you've let our, our man down the Chelsea board should just be, they should be going home and they should be thanking whatever God they pray to that the ground is closed. Because if, if versus Wolves on Wednesday night, if they'd done this and then we'd know and the fans had known and the fans had been in there, it would have been so toxic. It would have been awful. It would have just been one of the worst things you'd ever seen. And rightly so. Because... Simon Johnson, who's a really good journalist for The Athletic, covers Chelsea, covered him for a very long time. He said on the Straight Out of Cobham podcast today about the sacking, which I listened to earlier, um, he, he had a quote which I thought, for the first time, I thought, like, you just don't get it. He said, he said you have to take the emotion out of it. And there's no taking the emotion out of the Frank Lampard sacking because this isn't another manager. 
this isn't an, this is for me as well like someone someone else like you could probably get some tactical person who's going to say oh this person who's coming in is going to probably have the players hitting the players probably going to do you could make top four that'd be play attractive football that's not the point the point is they sacked they sacked the best ever player this club's ever had a man who legitimately loves the club like you watch the the moment the winning penalty goes in in Munich, the other players are celebrating on themselves, celebrating amongst each other. Lampard turns and runs to the fans. You're talking about a man who who loves the club and you sacked him and you didn't treat him particularly well. You didn't give him the time you said you'd give him after he did a good job for you. It, it's just despicable. It's absolutely despicable. It's just it's just gross. It's 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 the most ashamed, it's the most ashamed I've felt at the club since the Paris incident by a long way. Well, and the Raheem yeah. Sterling incident a few years ago. I'm disgusted by it. Absolutely disgusted by it. And do you think that's the general consensus of Chelsea fans? Well, I think so. Um, because I think now's a really good point to make a distinction that for the last couple of months there have been fans on fans in that absolute fucking cesspit that's Twitter that yeah. call, call things like the clinical Kai who've been calling for Lampard's second. <laughs> And let me tell you right. Let me tell you right now. If you think if you're calling for the best ever players to be sacked and treated immediately like he is just some other disposable manager, I don't give a fuck who you say you support. You're not a Chelsea fan. You don't get it. You don't get the club. You don't understand what Lampard did for us. You didn't. Maybe you didn't watch the games. Maybe you didn't do any of that. But you just don't get it. You just you don't deserve to support the club. You shouldn't be here. Like and now you've got Tuchel in. And for two years, and for two years, you'll be like, you'll be like, oh, he's great. And then all of a sudden, he won't be flavour of the month. And you'll be like, well, I'm going to change myself to the Nagelsmann nincompoop or whatever. I don't give a yeah. fuck. Like, the thing is, and the problem, the problem with Sky and everything, and the problem with the media outlets who survey Twitter as the fan base. Twitter is not the fan base. And I, if you're a Chelsea fan today, even if you understand it and you thought you should go for the job, if you're not absolutely heartbroken. Like I, I don't know what to tell you. I do not know what to tell you as a football club, and as a fan, like, I, I'm a, a, today. I was just today. I'm just saying. I'm like. I'm like. I for the. I think for the first time in my life, I'm looking at the Chelsea game later on this week, and I'm just like, I don't want to watch that. I just don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch them this entire season. I just. I just. I feel almost done with them. Like this is such a. It, I keep going back to it. It's such a despicable move to to treat your club legend like this. It's outrageous. So you, it's outrageous. You mentioned, you mentioned there, obviously, about the the media saying uh, <laughs> Twitter that they've kind. I mean, there's been a sense that they've been a bit against Lampard the whole time because they kind of seem to feel like he shouldn't have got the job. I, I, I think I. I think there's two ways to look at this. I think I think there are yes, there's been there are some aspects of the localized media in other clubs that are a bit envious of perhaps that Lampard seems to have had an easier ride than managers like Arteta or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And I think both can be true. I think I think Lampard himself hits out the people of like the Athletic, and is a bit of confused with the people at the Telegraph and the Times who do really good, honest Chelsea reporting. And they're not fans; they have to look at things objectively. Um, and I, I don't think I think even Lampard when he sits down and revisits what went wrong here. I think I think he'll understand that the media did what the media had to do. Yes, I do think there was a sense with the, the there was a, a section of entitled, loud Twitter fans for both Chel for Chelsea that didn't like Lampard from the start, um, and just wanted him to and thought 
they're only giving him the job and you've heard a lot of passion fc brexit fc and all these kind of <laughs> stuff and six it just yeah it just it just belays the thing like the whole six for six thing like no one even lampard will deny that he didn't get he got the job because of who he was rather than his achievements but that <laughs> even if you think he shouldn't have got the job it doesn't betray the fact that he did a fantastic he did fantastic work last year and he should have been given more time in the job once he's got the job you give him time in the job you hire a young manager you've got to work through the pain dave any any thoughts on that yeah i i agree with well really i think going back to the media and well twitter in particular like anyone can say anything on there like as will says i don't think it's really a ever like a good sort of focus group of what a fan base is actually like um i just yeah as will says if if there's a chelsea fan out there not heartbroken by this not a chelsea fan like this is a club legend especially maybe we're a bit biased because of our generation but even me he's birmingham city fan i grew up watching frank lampard be frankly one of the Oh, I've called Frank Lampard and said, frankly, there we go. Um, <laughs> he's one of the best midfielders in the world and just an absolute monster of a footballer. Uh, just won everything with Chelsea. Great for England. One of those players that were generational talent. And then he rocked up at his club as manager, does a good job. And then, and then somehow he gets tossed aside like he... I think he did before means nothing. Yeah. So that's that's what I can't believe. It's like he did all that for you and you're gonna basically toss it aside. So back in what would it have been? Twenty nineteen when he got the job? Yeah. Just after the season yeah. with Derby. Chelsea approached Frank. Basically we've been having this debate in, in my uni group chat. I wanna just see what you boys think. Okay. Uh <laughs> Chelsea come to Frank Lampard off, essentially offer him the job yeah, you're going to have a transfer embargo but then the next summer when it gets lifted you're going to be able to spend some money and start this project can you can you turn that down? With, no. with, with hindsight would, will Frank think I wish I had another two years at Derby? Or no. no 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 pointless argument I think I think I think if you were to if you were to extrapolate the emotion from that if you were to if you were to look at it logically and like <laughs> Lampard's a very intelligent man but if you were to if you were, even he's not immune to emotion if you were to look at that logically you'd say yeah you'd say oh I, I need to take another job I need to maybe move into a Bournemouth for example not Bournemouth because like someone lower in the league maybe I need to try and work my way up up there maybe a club with the same ideas of what i want yeah but let's not forget lampard's a chelsea man this is his dream job like how many of us are going to turn if like if someone came up to me and said if someone had said to me like at 20 uh, like i don't know like 21 oh do you want to go and play do you want to go play up front for chelsea football club <laughs> i'm like i'm shit at this job but i'm still gonna fucking do it <laughs> like like i'll be blowing out my ass after five minutes on the pitch but i'm still gonna go and do it like I, I can't see, I can't see you playing up front. No, honest. no, God, I can't see myself playing at all, Brezzo. Yeah, very kind, you, you, very, very kind of you to say up front. Right, right back. I can see a fifth. Yeah, you've got to play down the line. Well, you can't hold play on, down the line hold on. Front. 
if I'm going in in 2019, I can definitely play over Alonso, and I can definitely <laughs> play over, definitely play over one of those two. I can also play at the base of midfield over J5. I've got about as much athleticism. Yeah, just Day for just on that as well. With I think it's it. <laughs> Yeah, I get it from a logical point, maybe, but it's just a ridiculous thing. Like that's like saying Liverpool coming for Steven Gerrard. You think he's going to turn that down? Like, what they may not, they may never get that opportunity again. Why would yeah. they ever say no? I guess the one thing about about Chelsea is so like, they yeah, probably will also get the might. opportunity again. But oh yeah, yeah. he'll you be back in three years. Yeah, you could say about hindsight. Why would? Why would he not back himself in that job? Oh, the fact yeah, that they've even... even the the fact they've, He's had one the fact they've even, Yeah, but the fact that they've even come to him is a compliment in itself. Yeah, I mean... That's all the confidence he needs. He doesn't need, he doesn't need to worry about what people are going to debate about him in a group chat when he gets sacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he cares about that, but what I'm saying is, if he doesn't think he's he's the the best qualified man for the job, for his club. No, but you're looking, you've got to ask yourself, Mike, what what is the job that Lampard went into doing that first season? He's got an assistant in Jody Morris who knows the youth academy better than anyone. He knows the club better than anyone. There's going to be muted expectations given the transfer embargo, losing your best player, etc., etc. He probably, he probably thought to himself, you know what? Somebody's this club is rotten, and it is rotten. Uh, it has been for the last couple of years. Someone needs to go in, institute a culture si- shift, and bring through a whole new team, which he did. In some bless on the culture thing, we'll get to that. <laughs> but he, he did do that, and he did do that very well. So to, to Lampard, he'll have thought to himself. I've done what I've gone in to achieve. It's just the next step of the thing. So I think you still take that job. For the record, I think you still take that job. I totally agree. I just wanted to see what you thought about it. Thank God, Mike, because I was about to jump off the call. No, no. <laughs> We're, the, uh, you don't Jeffrey have to name, name drop them on the. Don't have to name drop them on the pod, Mike. But if you can just chat, who was arguing for the other side? I'm quite interested. Yeah, I'll let you know. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. We're all in agreement that the spending in in the summer, obviously bringing in all the new signings, Werner, Havertz, Ziyech, etc., etc., puts a lot more pressure yeah. on this season than Lampard, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. Of course. I don't think it's the be all and end all, though. I think I think some of these decisions, like you, I think there's probably a a belief in the Chelsea hierarchy coming into this season that they probably would if things start to go wrong they would look for a top class manager um, I think that belief is already there I think I think if they they were probably worried by a couple of defeats back in the last season the Sheffield United one for example and the the, the defeat in the FA Cup final is another one um, weren't they ahead in that game as well they were but they let's be honest Arsenal Arsenal, Arsenal well it was it was a bit of a 50-50 game Chelsea lost Pulisic to an injury after after a pretty early on, and he was their most influential player at the time. But I mean, Arsenal edged it. These things happen in a game of football, particularly when you lose a player. Yeah, these things happen. You lose finals. Does happen unless you've got Didier Drogba on the team. Right, in Man United's case, you lose semi-finals. So I'm not sure. 
know how you feel. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And, and Blues came out in like the third round, so don't worry, lads. Do you want to talk about the culture, Will? I know you mentioned it just. Uh, yeah. So we, we alluded to the lack of the lack of sustainable success. The thing that really gets my goat is um, one of the quotes that's going around today is from Lampard when he says that Villas Burst was too young for the job. He didn't understand it. And they alluded to the fact that Lampard himself had got managers sacked. So I just want to, I'm just going to, like, <laughs> when Scolari got sacked, the players they were talking about getting him sacked were Lampard, Balak, Drogba, and was it John Terry, for example? Now, the players who, according to reporting, have got Lampard sacked are Mateo Kovacic, Antonio Rudiger, Kepper, Kovacic, and did I say J5? No, you haven't said him. No, J5 as well. And let they're me tell the you players, right they've backed. They're the, they're the players. Kovacic wow. and Rudiger went straight to the board. Let me tell you right now, like, the difference between... I never liked player power. I never liked players getting their manager sacked. Never liked it. But the difference between Lampard and Drogba, these are top players, won everything for the club, bleed the club, have won trophies, absolute top, top players, compared to players like Jorginho, who's never been good enough for Chelsea. Even when he played in his perfect system for Sarri, he was not good enough for Chelsea. You've got Antonio Rudiger, who is wo- whose attitude is woeful. You've got Kepper, who allegedly complained that Lampard didn't give him enough tactical instructions. What tactical instructions do you want, Kepper? Not to drop the fucking ball, you moron. What do you like? What do you want from him? What do you want Lampard to do to go out and catch the ball for you, you twat? And then for Kovacic, who essentially is a one-trick pony, who Lampard and coached into having a player of the year season to then go back and go I don't think this guy's got a clue it's just gross it's absolutely gross and the fact of the matter is there's not an air, there's not an aura of accountability at Chelsea like as soon as something goes wrong it's the manager's fault it's that fault of that section of the club over there it's not my fault there's no looking internally there's no go there's no Rudiger going you know what Lampard doesn't fancy me I'm going to work to get better I'm going to work to get better I'm Antonio Rudiger I've of winning Europa League in an FA Cup. That's not good enough for a club like Chelsea. You're not good enough player for a club like Chelsea, but you come in, you're on big wages, and we can't shift you. So you get to have this say, and you get to kick these managers out. Like, the fact that Kepa's complaining about not playing is disgusting to me. It's just disgusting. I'm stunned that those are the players that have have got him sacked. But it it makes... it makes total sense, though, because those are the players that didn't play. And one of the criticisms from Lampard is that he, he only liked working with the players that he liked working with. Well, maybe, lads, because he knows that you lot are going behind his back to try and get him sacked every five minutes. Marcus Alonso, too, is the one I forgot. That's amazing. Yeah. That might... Uh, wow. I would genuinely, if I was put in charge, I would terminate all their contracts tomorrow. I'd take the financial hit because you can't have players like that in your club. You can't have players who are bringing that kind of attitude to your club. It ruins clubs. I just don't think any of them... Well, as you said, like to Rudiger, but all of them, they don't warrant a place in the team. That the, the younger players that are playing ahead of them are better. Yeah, every single one of them has a better player than them in the squad. But this is my question, because those players are not good enough to challenge for a title. They're not good enough to challenge for the Champions League. So clearly... Top, 
is top four the aim at Chelsea? Because they're not good enough for a top four charge either. So why are we sacking players for the whims of these players who just aren't good enough? Be If you're going to be ruthless and sack your managers, be ruthless with your players. Don't leave Lampard with a bloated squad to manage. Don't leave him having to juggle three left-backs, one of which he clearly doesn't like and doesn't think is good enough. Move them out. Accept a loss. Get a little, get, if you can get a little bit of money, get a little bit of money, but get them out of the dressing room. That's one thing I've never understood. A lot of clubs do that. They'd rather keep someone than sell them for a big loss. Well, I'd just rather get rid of them. But this this is what I've never understood. The whole idea is that it's a business and that you can't lose an asset like that. But I... But do you know what? Asset. They're hindering you. No, no. Do you know what boosts your club's value? Winning. Well, Being a good club. Winning win boosts one it. thing that will boost your value the most. Like we joked at the start of this thing about basketball, for example. But take a look at take a look at the Chicago Bulls before Michael Jordan got there. Nothing. They have some sustained winning with one of the greatest players ever, and all of a sudden. If you see, if you think basketball, a load of people will think the Bulls. That's what turn. That's what success gives you. Other success. Mediocrity does not make you a successful football club. Does not make you money. When they sell, when they, when Kepa leaves the club after seven years of that contract, which is, by the way, still only the second worst seven-year contract after Alan Pardew. But how does that make it? Like, how does how does that make sense? How does it make sense? The culture stinks at Chelsea, and. Um, Whoever comes in won't be able to fix it because they'll be too worried about state. They'll be too worried about pissing off these influential players. It's, it's a real shame. Gross, absolutely the, gross. They're the influential players in that dressing room. That's that's grim. Well, Mike, the bloke who's rumoured to be coming in um, apparently yeah, let's, likes let's Rudiger and Jorginho, which is... Tuchel in, Will out. There we go. That's what I've been saying all day. Come on. <laughs> I won't be watching on Wednesday. You can fuck off, you prick. Oh, dear. Dave, do you want to have a word on Tuchel? I mean, in terms of a managerial appointment, I don't actually think he's all that bad. <laughs> in the all right, let's go. Let's go, Dave. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not saying he's like a you know a top top manager but he plays the style of football that Chelsea are looking for what, what style are they looking for, for? Fast, fast attacking football 4-3-3 okay pressing. and that's what high, he's high, high pressing too Dave's alright he uh, does fit the profile he he plays at Dort he played at Dortmund uh, no, I just and he played at PSG and whatever you say about the team he managed, uh, I know PSG is a farmers league. Have you seen how good his record it's, is across his last? It's, it's two not teams? a farmers league. It's not a farmers league. We're better than that. Okay, and his last. So with Dortmund and PSG, he managed two hundred and thirty-five games. He only lost thirty-six. He drew thirty-six. And he won. Oh man, testing my maths. Uh, he won a hundred. He won one hundred and sixty-three. Of 200, 235 games. So that's pretty good, and you would say he's probably can deal with the big personalities, Neymar. And, yeah, of course he can. You see, uh, well, 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 well. You see, I was against that, right? Because he had a, a high-profile fallout with Mbappe and Neymar, right? The thing is, when he got sacked, both of them put these huge tributes to him and yeah maybe they're just huge snakes but clearly I had respect for him and I think it says a lot that players of 
frankly, two of the best players in the world would have such respect for him. Right. But he did take him to, He got him to a Champions League final. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's not a, awful. That was a little lucky, but yeah. They did Here you go. Yeah, Here you but, go. Okay. So we'll. Here you go. Two. 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 a perfectly fine tattoo. Um, tactician he's a very good manager everyone no one has ever denied that he's a good coach you're not asking you, the difference is football managers who come into Chelsea are not asked to just be coaches they've got to be they've got to manage the political side of things and they've got to manage the big players in the dressing room I'm going to start with the players Dave if Frank Lampard who by all accounts is a pretty amenable bloke can piss off the players Thomas Tuchel, who's renowned to be an arsehole, is going to piss him off. Uh, how, do you think, how do you think the first training session is going to go when he goes over to Jorginho and Jorginho tries one of his long looping passes and puts it out? He's going to go up to him and go, I thought you were supposed to be good at passing. You're actually just fucking shite. How do you think that's going to work? Like, he's, he's a bad idea from that perspective. And then you take the other perspective is he's known for arguing with the hierarchy. Do you know the last coach at Chelsea who was known for arguing with the hierarchy? Antonio Conte. We saw how that went. It was over in two years. It's just, this is an accident waiting to happen. An absolute accident waiting to happen. It's just, it smacks of short-termism. It smacks of we couldn't get the people we wanted. It smacks that we want the flavour of the month, which is these high-profile German coaches, perhaps the legacy of Klopp being so successful here. But he's just not the right temperament for Chelsea. He might, he probably will, he'll probably be fantastic in terms of tactics. He'll probably have them playing some very good football, but it's just not going to last. It's just, it's just not good. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Tuchel, so petty, sort of put my hands up to it. Um, I don't know if you guys are sort of aware, but one of the final things that pushed him over the edge at PSG uh, was Danilo Pereira, the signing from Porto. Basically, he'd been requesting like a centre-back all summer uh, and they gave him a defensive mid. So he just played Danilo Pereira at centre-back and he didn't play well there. And when he was asked about it, he said, well, I wanted a centre-back and they didn't sign me one, so he's going to play at centre-back. Like, this is how far this guy's willing to go and he also I think pretty sure is it Leonardo who's the PSG like director Um, he had an interview I remember where he said he felt more like a politician than a coach and as you can imagine that would have gone down like a lead balloon so yeah if they're putting a potentially not even sure fiery is the word just like stubborn yeah, just a very stubborn guy into this dressing room that clearly already has problems. Fiery is the uh, word. Yeah, fiery could also be the word. Fiery is the word. Fiery. Eh? It's not just PSG. By the end of his time at Dortmund, he wasn't on speaking terms with Zork, who's like one of the head honchos there. They were, yeah, gla- Zork, they, were, Zork. they were glad to see the back of him. Like, this guy is, that's, that's by all why, accounts... Uh, he's not very highly rated in Germany. Yeah, and I, look, I don't want to... Look, you know, what the, you know what they say, like, about the manager as soon as he turned up and I don't want to put the kibosh on this guy but this guy is in my eyes at least from every like qualifying metric to manage Chelsea Football Club is looks to me to be a total disaster like it's a disastrous appointment as far as I'm concerned it's so bizarre I mean, so even even with the the I mean everyone's making the obvious German link to Werner and Havertz which I think is probably a bit yeah there's one they may not have even met before but uh, he's obviously he wanted to buy Rudiger and Jorginho while he was at PSG and he's Man- managed managed Thiago Silva as well does that give him any 
Just quickly, lads, let's remember that he's the manager that bought bought through Pulisic, so he knows Pulisic really well, too. Yep, great. Yeah, does that give him any credit? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you're hoping they... No, it doesn't give him any credit at all. I'm, I'm not worried about Chelsea on the tactical side of things, other than the fact that the problems for Chelsea is that their midfield is, for all the money they've spent, they've still got an ageing Igola Kante who can barely keep his body together, and Mason Mount are the own and are the only proven first team central midfielders that you look at and think they're great. Kovacic is fine. Jorginho's bad. Like it doesn't matter. What, Thomas Tuchel's not a wizard. How's he going to come in and fix that? <laughs> How's he going to fix that? It'll be interesting to see who he starts in goal. I tell you what, if he starts Kepper and Jorginho along with side Rudiger, I'll be making up my banners straight away. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on Twitter. He really might, though. I'll be on Twitter. I'll be called the Jumbo Jimmy Floyd, and I'll be calling. For, I'll be calling. I'll be. I'll be calling for him out straight away. Yeah. Jumbo Jimmy Floyd. Well, if I ever see, if I ever see a count with those, uh, that name, I know it's you behind it. Jumbo Jimmy Floyd. Do you think this is this is the man Chelsea wanted if they were going to sack Lampard, or do you think they may have missed no! Potts or? No, lads, lads, lads. Last week they off, they off, apparently offered it to Ralph Ragnick on a four-month yeah. deal, and he wouldn't Can't take it. it. They were after someone else last Labeled, week. Last Labeled. week. Yes, they Nagelsmann wouldn't come until the summer. They wanted someone else last week. This guy's not even. Apparently, they wanted Poch, but they couldn't get rid of Lampard quick enough. They they were looking at Hasselhoff, but didn't think he'd leave mid-season. We're talking about a bloke who was at best fourth choice, at best fourth choice, and people are talking like this is going to work. This is a disaster of epic proportions. This is going to be. It's going to. Uh, I tell you what. We might have to launch a second podcast, the Chelsea cast, just to keep up with what's going on. <laughs> they really are. This is going to be a disaster. You think Game of Thrones was bad? Good Lord. Marina Grand of Sky is going to like cut his throat within three weeks. It's going to be dreadful. <laughs> Go on, boy. To play out. This is going to be fun. I'm, Hass- I'm glad Hassan Hooter was at least in the mix because I think he is primed for a big hey. job. I'm glad he didn't come because I would have had to hate him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that would have been a shame because I really like Big Ralph. Yep. But to be fair, his style probably, that's the one thing that holds him back. His style. Yeah, yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't wait till the summer for Nagelsmann. That's a bit of a shame. I'd like to see him in the Prem as well. Yeah, I would too. What would you have done if, if it was him turning up tomorrow at Stamford Bridge? I feel exactly the same. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't feel exactly the same. I'd be more confident in him having a slightly longer, more term success at Chelsea than I would with um, uh, Thomas Tickle. Um, I, I would, I would feel a bit more confident, but still not hugely confident. Um, uh, just because he's just a bit of a different. It's just. He's he's coming from a league where 
He's got. A, he's been very good for a very long time. But asking anyone to jump into a different league mid-season is a really difficult one. Definitely. Uh, and they've got to try and win a uh, Champions League knockout game. <laughs> Which they aren't doing, by the way. They're not doing because they're not good enough. There we are. Atletico Madrid are top of the league. Yeah. And deservedly so. Just oh. will, will knock us out. Mike, Mike, can you do your start of the weekend, Trey? Because it ties into Atletico Madrid. Oh, here we go. Okay. It's David Addis' stat of the week. Right. Well, everyone knows Luis Suarez is great. Luis Suarez, at this, after his goals at the weekend, now 66. More career goals and 63 more career assists than Thierry Henry and 166 fewer games. Before people start saying, oh, I did it all at Ajax and Grinning and whatever. In, in the top five leagues... And just the Prem and uh, Spain, he's got 577 goal contributions in 589 games. There's your stat. Now, that is a great stat, but I was really hoping as we were doing Lampard tracking today, it was going to be <laughs> something to do with Chelsea. No. No, probably no Chelsea stats, so I, I didn't dare. Uh, I, I said fiery, so I wasn't I said, to any Chelsea I, stats around. I said I said to Dave if he does a if he does a Chelsea start, I'll fire him into the sun. <laughs> yeah, so I can't do that for the team. No, no I don't care. Away. I'll take the eight hundred pound fine to fire him into the sun. Um I think I think interestingly enough, Dave, the best I started laughing at that just because I love I love the qualifier. So everyone knows Louis Suarez is great. <laughs> it's like you, as if you were getting on your soapbox telling us all something wild and new. You're like, Luis Suarez, pretty good at football. Yeah, but I mean, his legacy is not having to go down like he's a great player because of all his incidents. <sighs> Do you mean the fact he's a racist and a biter? Okay, I mean, yeah. Racist I've, vampire, if you will. Yeah, I like that, Mike. Yeah. And handballer in World Cup knockouts. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're not a nice bloke. Um, anyway. <laughs> Do you want Wazak of the week? Now, oh yeah, Wazak of the week. Like, here we go. Yeah, uh, Wazak of the week. The entire Chelsea board. No, no, no. I'm taking it back. It's the entirety of Chelsea Twitter called like the clinical Kai or something. Get, just fuck off, all right? Can I just qualify Will's Wazak of the week? As he he said in our chat earlier, he's never been more sure about Wazak uh, the Wazak of the week <laughs> as this. Week. Yeah, yeah. No, no, because. I, I just could have picked like I could have picked like numerous people, um, but I just I just at the end of the day it's just it's the absolute fuckers on Twitter who are calling for the sacking of a club legend. Shove yeah. it up your ass, you prick! Should we quickly talk about that the like, manager pressure side of things? Yeah. <sighs> you want to go on this, Will or Dave? Do you want to go? I'm happy to kick off. Go on then, Aaron. Um, Manager pressure is just, I feel, almost every season gets worse and worse. Uh, to put into context Wazlitz on Twitter, there are a, a more growing amount with each result this team gets. There are genuine people that want Klopp out of Liverpool. And you think it's a joke. Look at the numbers, some of these tweets and their stats and whatever get. It is wild. Guys, when you're Champions League, when you're your first league in... Well, I've actually forgotten how many years, despite them. 30 years, was it? Yeah, no, fucking like shut up about. Um, 
He's done that for them. Turn them into a top, top team when they were Brendan Rodgers, fucking Fabio Barini and Balotelli mismatch. Turn them into that team. And suddenly he has a bad run with loads of injuries. I'm not going to get into team selection shit, but loads of injuries, a lot of key players missing, a small squad, and they're like, yeah, let's get rid of him. What the fuck? Is that Seriously. opinion someone has? Yes. Wow. Search plot out. It was actually trending. And I was hoping that it was trending because people were like, I can't believe this is a thing. I would say two-thirds, if not three-quarters of the tweets are actually people like saying, yeah, Klopp's been enough. He's run us into the ground. Uh, he's not changing any of his tactics, etc., etc." To be fair, Mike has actually just... bottled it against Daesh. Yeah, but still, <laughs> still shows you how wild it, how wild it is. And I mean, talking manager pressure as a whole. Fifty days ago, Frank Lampard's top of the league. Clinical Kai or whatever's fucking tweeting saying he's the best thing since sliced bread. Few bad results. Clinical Kai's upset because nah. his dad bought him a Lampard H shirt for Christmas. Clinic, nah, clinic, clinic. wasn't playing well fifty days ago, and he still is. Clinical, clinical Kai wanted him out. Then these these Chelsea fans wanted him out from from the start. Like it's it's it was irrelevant. The results were because of the players, not because of the manager. Once people are stuck in that decision, they want it. Just quickly on the Klopp thing, if you want Jurgen Klopp out, um, find a new sport because yeah. you're not. Again, it, I think we really need to. We need to really be. There needs to be some way of clarifying the discourse around football teams because, quite frankly, these people are not representative of the fan base. And if the media and everyone treated them like the fringe outfits that they are, then it we'd have a much better time discussing football online because some of these people are just they just don't know anything. They're just kids playing. They think they're playing FIFA career mode. They don't understand a that there's real people behind this and that players aren't dispose players and managers aren't disposable gloves that you finish using and get rid of them and throw them in the bin. But yeah, quickly will uh Sublime Stadio version 26 three wins in our last 10 games relegation form Klopp has run out of ideas. He has to go now. 200 retweets, 400 likes. And people are in his replies saying, like, yeah, it's time to go. No, well, that's why um, it's not a good marker for anything. No, not a good barometer. Um, I do want to clarify something, though, because I was thinking back a few weeks ago, because a few weeks ago when Lampard was still in a job and we, we had a podcast, I, I said something about... Um, I wanted to make clear why I thought Lampard should stay and why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should go. Um, and... Now Ollie's top of the league. Um, the reason why I thought Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer should go was because we've seen this boom bust thing with him for a bit longer than we'd seen it with Lampard, and we didn't know what Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer's plans for United were beyond a counter-attacking team. And that is the thing for me with managers this season, that like Klopp and and Lampard, is that if you know what they're trying to build, I think you give them time. If you've got a manager like Steve Bruce, who is painfully out of ideas and is making a talented Newcastle squad worse, I think I think you can justify sacking them. Like manager pressure is not a be all end all. It's not something that it's not something that's a completely bad. Like some managers just aren't good enough or don't fit the club like Steve Bruce and should go. But and the other end, and the other end, particularly in a season like this, I think I think hierarchy should just be way more 
just aware of, of the, the extenuating circumstances of this season into how it can affect performances. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a shame at, at Newcastle, but they are terrible. I watched them against Villa the other night and they were... I mean, the second half was a joke, to be honest, that a Premier League team went out and played like that. that, that was when yeah, I, it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, it's I, embarrassing. and I like Bruce and I would back him, but that that was embarrassing. That's the only word for that. Uh, I, I love Steve Bruce, but I, I, I can't even begin to defend what he's done this season. Like Steve, Steve Bruce is. I think Steve Bruce is probably a probably a de- he's probably a decent bloke. But at the end of the day, we saw this cycle at Villa. In the it's by the end, it's by the end, it's he's run out of ideas. It's not his fault. He starts banning the media from the from the local papers and only takes the broadcasters' questions. And you just you just know the way it's going. And the fact of the matter is, and um, we say it, we take the, I take the mick out of Newcastle. But Newcastle are a massive club. Like yeah, they haven't had the historic success that other clubs have had. But you talk about talk about like a, a a big place, you talk about a big ground, you talk about passionate fans. They just one club if any club. Yeah, no one deserves success, but if any team if any teams that have been deprived of it deserve success, it's Newcastle. And and the fact that the fact that their owner keeps keeps the faith with play, with people like Bruce, it's who has no previous link to the club really it's just it's just a bit sad so I, i'm not i just think it's worth clarifying that we're not completely against managers being sacked when the situation calls for it yeah i think i think that's a fair enough distinction to make yeah um well i think that'll just about do it for this week do you want me to close it brez go for it will take back the hot seat God, let me tell you, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on In and Around the Three Point Line, the Chicago Bulls podcast. Um, if you want to find more about the Chicago Bulls, you can follow them on Twitter at Chicago Bulls. But if you want to find the opinions and thoughts of the Dorridge Dunker, Mr. David Harris, you can do so where, Dave? Uh, at Dave Harris underscore 44 on Twitter. And if you want to follow Mike Breslin to find out more about Ben Simmons as he finds out who Ben Simmons actually is, you can do so on Twitter where, Mike? Uh, at Mikey Breslin, I'll I'll let you know who that is because I genuinely don't know. <laughs> Rookie of the year, can't shoot a lick, kind of like Kovacic, um, only less good. Um, <laughs> well, I mean Kovacic is less good. Um, and you can follow me at Will Hunt Seventeen, where I'll spend the rest of the week tweeting um, sad screenshots and genuinely living out a Bridget Jones film. Um, but please don't follow me there. Please instead follow us at In and Around Pod on all your socials, including Reddit. Um, if you want our longer thoughts, including um, what will soon be a, a mid a mid season report cards, which was going to be today's pod until the news, but um, that pod will be coming out next week, and we'll have an article up about that next week as well. Um, but in the meantime, you've got Mike's betting column on the website at inandaroundmedia dot com. Brez, how is the betting going? Did Henry Hodgson finally get a win? He actually did. Uh, he's still Bloody one, hell! He's still got one more to go, and he's he's two out of three right now. So. Yeah, just a little bit behind the scenes. Um, I've been giving him so much shit that he hasn't got a win. That is, that we were talking on, we were talking the other day, and he's like, he's like, oh, Salford's coming in. And he was going, oh, Salford's coming in, and then they then they conceded late, and I was like, yes, come on! They conceded out of time. Yeah, beautiful it was. When he whenever he stops betting on Salford, he'll um, he'll have a much more successful time. But um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this week. I'm sorry that it probably felt a bit like a therapy session. Um, but um, 
I'm sorry to announce that this will be my last ever appearance on the podcast, but I am leaving it in the very capable hands of Mr. Mike Breslin. Um, and until next time, they'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye.